that you are here for this week's Content Creation Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Jen Liddy, and this week I'm hosting strategic copywriter and launch strategist, Brenna McGowan. And Brenna and I know each other and we like to talk uh, about nerdy, wordy things. And so I'm really glad that she's here. But let me give her, let me give you a very specific introduction so you understand why I actually invited Brenna here to talk to you about pre-launch content and why it's so important. So Brenna is a strategic copywriter, marketing consultant, and a launch expert. She believes what I believe, which is that hustle-based high-pressure program launches do not serve you, nor do they serve your audience or your customers. Instead, Brenna can help you leverage your pre-launch content to show your company, your, your customers, your companers, <laughs> your customers empathy, credibility, authority, and bring your personality to it also. That way you get to launch confidently with less stress and more sales. And and who doesn't want that? Because if you've ever been through a launch, you know how stressful it is. You know how many moving parts there are. So let's make this a little bit less stressful for you and for your audience. So Brenna, I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time and putting up with all the tech nonsense that's been happening. I really appreciate it. Glad you're here. Let's get started talking about pre-launch content. (laughs) I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So before we get into pre-launch content, can you tell us a little bit about how you fell into this copywriter world that you're in? Yes. So I was a stay-at-home mom and I uh, was doing some like odd jobs throughout the years. And long story short, I, on a whim, I decided to start a social media management business, um, which I truly, I didn't even know that's what it was called. I just thought I would start. I was actually helping a friend at the time and thought, gosh, I could do this as a business. Maybe I didn't want to like go get a nine to five job and was trying to, I was trying to make what I say was $500 extra a month without having to like go somewhere to work. So I went ahead and started this business. And although at the time, I didn't realize social media management. Like I thought it was like everything. So I was doing people's blogging, their Pinterest, their Twitter, their Instagram, their Facebook. Like I, I did it all quickly became very burned out. And by within, I would say the first six or seven months, I knew I needed to pivot and actually decided that doing email copy was what I really loved to do. So at that point in time, at the beginning of 2019, I just started to call myself an email copywriter and I actually, I took a course, this and that, but long story short, I threw myself into the copywriting world and I I think I realized how much I loved it. I've always loved words. I always loved plays on words and how we can talk to people and make a big difference. So over the last few years, I have done tons of writing for clients from websites to landing pages to emails to you name it. But one thing I've always loved the sales process and I'm a conversion copywriter at heart. But what I started to notice, especially working with clients, was that, you know, I'd go in and write launches sometimes, and sometimes things would go super great. And then other times they wouldn't go so great, right? Like, and it was like, okay, what is like the common denominator of like the difference? And I, I think there are, there's so much that goes into a successful launch in general. But what I really started to notice is that people were basically launching to an audience that wasn't ready to buy their stuff yet, right? They didn't for a myriad of reasons. So at that point in time, I decided to really focus down and take all of this like marketing experience. So as much as I didn't love making what I say was like $2 an hour in 2018, because I was doing all of the things, 
what it really made me do is give myself a very quick education from different platforms, different funnels, different looking at things from like a really strategic angle, which is something that I've brought into my copywriting. So I have, I feel like I've merged this like understanding of social media, copy content with my conversion copywriting to help my clients. And this is why I think you and I get along so well, because we both are content lovers, right? Like, and I really, and if you're going to be creating content, why not have it, especially before launch, why not have it do some of the heavy lifting for you going into a sales period? Yeah, I, I say that all the time. Like, you know, people are like, do we really have to do content? Yes, you really do have to do content. So not why not make it feel good and easy and sustainable for yourself? So yeah, I, we're both always on the same page about that. So let's talk about pre-launch content specifically. So can you just give us a quick overview of what actually this idea of pre-launch means? Yes. So, you know, when someone's going into a specific promotional period, there are certain beliefs that our people need to have. I I say for people to buy from you, they have to know three things or believe three things. They have to believe that your offer is the right offer to help them. They have to believe that you are the right person that can help them. And they also have to believe in themselves that they can do and, you know, whatever you're offering, whatever that transformation is that you're offering to them. A lot of times, and I also think this is the trickiest one. And I think the one that a lot of people skip over is that it's the belief shifting of what people think about themselves a lot of time. You know, I also, a lot of times people will see like these testimonials or, you know, I I have clients of these huge testimonials and I'm always trying to say like, how can we make these more relatable? Because it's not so much a lot of times we don't believe that this transformation is possible. What we don't believe is that it's possible for ourselves. And so we can really use our pre-launch content to speak to some of those beliefs that we have, whether it's about our offer or our, you know, themselves to really start moving the needle and moving people to a point where either they know that your offer is absolutely not for them or that you're not for them, right? Like there's certain people that as much as, you know, when that we just don't jive with as well. So it's, a, it is simple yet complicated sometimes, right? This like psychological process that people go through when it comes to sales. And so this is what I love about using a pre-launch is to move the people from like, okay, where they're at now to where the point where they need to be to be able to buy from us. Yeah. It's like, um, and that is all happening in a relationship. Absolutely. And that's the other reason I have focused so much down on pre-launch. I know for me personally, I am very much the I love stories. I love people. I love relationship building. And so when I have a relationship with someone, you know, and I feel that connection, I know for myself, it's a lot, not easier to buy, but I want to buy, right? Like I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the person. So it's building a relationship in, in the midst of all of this and really looking for uh, ways I'm actually working on, I'm doing a group coaching program starting in April And I actually have to help people because sometimes people struggle with this too. It's like, okay, how do I start a conversation? You know, like our emails and our social media are ways to start conversations, but sometimes we're not really sure how to do that to kind of open up a possible sales discussion down the line. And it's sometimes it's really just thinking through like, okay, how can I be of service to someone and how can we start talking about it in a way versus a traditional launch? And this is where I, and I do, I believe in launching. I believe that, you know, you still need an open cart and closed cart at times and urgency and scarcity. 
but sometimes too, people just need like a little bit more of a processing time. So like, how can, and what happens in a launch is like, I call it, it's the do or die time you buy now, or you, you know, in, I'm a launch copywriter. I've written tons of launch emails, but I wanted to say like, okay, before we get to that point, can we start this like discussion versus, okay, buy my stuff now, or you're out of time or there's not enough spots. Yeah. Uh, that also, even though it might be true, it feels, it can feel manipulative to your audience. If they, if they're slow decision makers and you're saying, this is now it's open. Now it's closed. This is your spot. If you haven't kind of had that longer runway, the people who real like everybody's brain works differently. And the people whose brains require more questioning, more information, more time to get their confidence that this is the right program for them. That's not serving them either. No, actually it's funny enough. I do. I work um, with my friend, Linda Sidhu. She writes quizzes and um, I'm part of her team. And she uses the disc personality, which is there's four types of personalities in disc. And I'm not a disc expert by any means, but I know enough about it, right. From doing these, these quizzes and helping her and studying it to some degree. And it's, you know, I've seen different numbers, but Linda just showed me something. It's like more than 50% of people, if I remember correctly, are slow decision makers. Like half of the population is about that. Yeah. So, and I, I actually saw another blog that had it much higher. So, but at least we'll say for this, for this purpose, we have 50% of people who need time in their decision-making. They need to understand, they need processing. And so a traditional launch, like it's just not set up that way. It's set up that you have to make a decision very quickly. So you could be losing sales, not because it's your pro- not because you don't have the right offer, not because your audience isn't primed. It's more just those people need some time. And I also think too, just with everything going on in our world, I more and more over the last couple of years, I just think the the market has changed where people are like, they need time to process, right? Like this, this like, I joke around, but this like, oh, I'm going to throw up a webinar and send seven emails and people are going to flood in. I don't think that is the way that it works most of the time, especially for, for you and me who, you know, aren't huge name brands or, you know, we're not like the Amy Porterfields of the world. You know, it's just a little bit different. I was actually doing, the last thing I'll say on that is I was actually doing some research for my own sales page for my group program on pre-launch. And it said, I was like shocked that we make 35,000 decisions every day. The average person, 35,000 decisions. Like that number is just like bananas to me. And the fact as entrepreneurs, I'm guessing we're probably making more than that. So that's the other reason why I believe so much in pre-launching is like, okay, if you only give people a seven day window with seven chances of an email, that's seven out of like a whole lot of decisions, right? There's a lot going on in people's minds. And so just allowing people a little bit more space in their decision-making, I don't, not only do I think it, is it respectful, I think it's almost a must have in, you know, 2022 and beyond. Yeah. So when you're talking about kind of laying all of this groundwork, building the relationship, seeding the, the, the solution, seeding the problem, seeding the, um, the other thing I heard you say is seeding the confidence that the person has to have, right? Not just that they need to like you, but they need to believe that if they join your program, they can actually get those results. All of that, it takes a lot of seeding. So how long does pre-launch really go on for? 
Right. I think it depends on a few things. I think, first of all, it depends on how much your offer is, right? Like it's, you're probably going to need to pre-launch a program that is 10 or $15,000 a lot longer than you need to, you know, I have a, a client I'm working right now with a $147 product. We, we don't need to do a six week launch or pre-launch necessarily to sell a $147 offer. I, I don't think it's going to hurt. However, so I think part of it is you have to look at, okay, what am I selling? How warm is my audience, right? How, where are they when they come to me on the awareness journey, which basically it's fancy, you know, that's fancy marketing wording is like, how close are they ready to like, how much pain are they in, in order to make a buying decision, right? Someone who's in a more just, I mean, not that I think we sit here and agitate pain, but someone who's in more pain that needs a solution right now, is going to be a lot quicker to buy than someone you're having to convince that even has a problem, right? So there, there's a lot of things that go in there, but standard, I like to do a six week pre-launch typically for most of my clients, four to six weeks is kind of like, I think the sweet spot on how long it's going to probably take. And just because once again, you want to give yourself some time to be able to put out content and, you know, you don't want to smush it into like a two week period if you don't have to. Or you don't want to fatigue your audience either. I imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you're doing a pre-launch in your work as done for you copywriter, what is it that you can share with us as maybe people who aren't ready to hire somebody, but want to think about how to incorporate what, you know, the philosophy that you're talking about here, what's important to know for people to implement? Right. Well, I think the first part that's super important is research as a copywriter, right? Like that's where my copywriter brain comes in is like, I really need to know and understand my people to be able to create content that's going to better serve them. So starting off with research, figuring out, like when we go back to like, what are those things that they believe about themselves that aren't true? What holds them back from buying my offer? Maybe it's not necessarily, maybe they have a bias about something in the industry. Maybe they have a bias about that. They think there's a better solution out there. There's, there's a lot of things. So going and taking the time to actually do customer research is going to make a huge difference. And not only is it going to make a huge difference for pre-launch, it's going to make a huge difference as you and I both know for all your content, right? Things become and so often people are like, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to talk about. And even myself, I'll get to this point where I'm like, I, I don't know what to talk about. And there's one of two things that happen, and this is what I'm trying to help my clients with. Either they haven't done enough research, right? Or they don't have a, a system or a plan to follow. I am not a systems person. Like I naturally like more of that like creative, like let's just like just do things. But I have had to, in my own business, really figure out systems that work to be able to get these things done. So the first thing is, is really looking at the research. The second thing is looking at your analytics. Like this is the boring stuff that once again, I don't necessarily love. My dream someday is like to hire someone who's like my operations person who like looks at all of this stuff for me. But like what has worked before? What have you gotten responses on? Like what do your people respond to? You know, a lot of times people aren't taking a look and saying, where is my traffic coming from? Like little things like this can make a big difference in our understanding. And it also I think for any of our content, like if you are spending, you know, hours and hours and hours creating a blog every week, then that's getting no traffic, then maybe that's not something you really need to focus on during a pre-launch period. So not that I'm against blogging, I'm just giving a quick example. The next step too, is really taking time to have a strategy 
of taking all of that research and figuring out. So as a copywriter, you know, I'm always looking for, you know, what are the major objections that people have to these things? What, um, what is the transformation that they're looking for in their own words, not in what you think it is? What are those myths that they're believing? So once you're able to understand that, you can apply the strategy that you need to be able to create a content plan for those four to six weeks before your launch. Yeah, I wanted to just speak to that. Every single time I talk to somebody new about, I mean, the pain point I solve is like, let's make content creation easier, right? And every time I talk to somebody about it, I get a different little gem about how they describe it. So one of the problems that my people talk about all the time is, I'm afraid that if I start creating content, it's going to turn into this monster that I just have to feed all the time. And and one person actually used the word cookie monster. And I was like, oh, that is like a gem of a visual, right? Like it's like, nom, 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 nom. And that is an objection. So in my content, I really need to speak to the fact that, yeah, content doesn't have to be a monster, but it is, it does require sustainability and it does require a long-term strategy. So let's make it as pleasant for you as possible and make it as personalized as possible. But having that, knowing that's the objection, and then I have like this language from them, now the content is so much easier to create. And then you can put the strategy to it that you're talking about. So I just want to say to everybody listening out there, if you have not talked to your people yet, and you don't know their words and their like the way they're describing the problem, not the way you would describe the problem, please stop and do that. Because what Brent is talking about is like absolutely key for anything else to work. Right. And I like you could be as a copywriter, or you know, a lot I've spent tons of time being formal with clients and getting doing interviews and doing, but this could be very like a very casual too. Like it doesn't have to be a beast. So like once again, research doesn't have to be a beast either, which is like if someone says something, you could be like, hey, could you explain this to me? Or, you know, maybe you take it to if you're on Instagram and someone leaves a comment, maybe you know, you could you could send them a quick voice message and say, hey you know, you said that this is really hard for you. Can I ask you why? Like, what does your day-to-day look like? Those are the kind of things. Once you have that, like, it's amazing. And just as a copywriter, if I have that information, whether I'm writing a website, I'm doing pre-launch, you know, what emails, you give me customer language and there's no stopping me. It's amazing the difference it makes. Yeah. And again, I love that you said it doesn't have to be formal research, like searching around, even in a Facebook group where people are complaining about the problem that you solve for, it's, it's, it's absolute, it's marketing gold. Right. Well, and another place, like there's tons of places as a copywriter, I do, I do research, but one of my favorites is like Reddit or Quora. And I have one that I, a client recently, I spent a lot of time on Reddit and Quora and you people don't give a rip on there, right? They don't care what they're saying. No one, they, you know, they're using some fake name, some fake alias. And it's amazing. The information, YouTube comments too sometimes, but I really find a lot of gold in the, the Reddit and Quora spaces where people are having these open discussions. Like it's a gold mine. That's fun. Okay. That's a great, those are great. I love that. So then what happens after we create that strategy? Right. Well, then it's time to actually create the content, right? So you figure out what the strategy is, right? And then it's the content. And so, you know, uh, to me, it's a pairing of like, I use the system, but going back to what you said during about my bio, which is there are four, and this goes back a little bit, even to the disc thing where when I'm always thinking of is, okay, first of all, we need personality. I keep telling this story, but I love it. I asked someone recently for a referral for my sister 
And the person that I asked said, oh, okay, I know two people that do this. Do you want the easygoing, free-loving person, or do you want the really scientific person, right? That was how, so it had nothing to do with abilities, nothing to do with anything. She asked me who I wanted a referral to based on personality. And it was just like, it was like, ding, 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 ding. Like, it was like, oh my gosh, this is what what we're doing. This is why it's so important, once again, to get out there, to do this pre-launch content, to be on video, to do all these things that we're, you know, that you and I talk about all the time. Because it comes down sometimes to a simple bit of personality. And I know you and I have a mutual friend, Marisa Corcoran. And when I think about how I loved Marisa from the first time I heard her, but her and I, like in my mind, instantly bonded because we both love uh, the 1996 Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth. Like, it's like my favorite movie of all time. And it's like, it's hard to like decipher, like Marisa's amazing at what she does, but it was like, okay, I, I feel like this bit of a bond to her. And that's what this personality part really does. So, and I think too, this is the fun stuff. The personality stuff is the fun stuff. And then empathy is my next one. Well, actually I'll go, I call it pace. So the first one is personality. The second one is authority, which is like, where do you stand out that's different than other people? Like, what are those? And this doesn't have to be like in your face authority, right? This can be like, just, what are the your views that are slightly different? Like for me, I'm a launch copywriter, but I have a really strong view that you need to be putting out pre-launch and just going and hiring a copywriter to go write your copy isn't necessarily going to sell your stuff, right? That's a little bit different of what is being taught in the marketplace. What are these slight points of difference that you can come in and, and you can do this very easily. Even when I talked about like the personnel, or I'm sorry, how people make 35,000 decisions a day. I haven't heard anyone talk about that, right? It was a simple statistic that I just gave my viewpoint on. So it's really going out and saying, okay, where am I slightly different? Where can I stand out with how I talk about things? The third one is credibility. This is where, what have you done for people or what have you done for yourself, right? So if, you, if you're like, hey, Brenna, like I, have, I don't have these huge results for people or whatever. This is like, where can you start talking about how you've helped people, what your processes are and start putting out content that speaks to that you're like legit, right? Like people can trust you because you know what you're doing. And then the last one is empathy. This one I think is sometimes not focused on enough. And this is like making sure we see people in their pain. So it's not just talking about their pain points, right? When I work with a client, no matter if it's, you know, you know, if it's real estate or some type of other, you know, I'm trying to think of a recent one that I've had, but I'm actually working with a, a doctor right now who's putting on a course. Like I'm trying to get into the mindset of the people of where they're at right now and show that I truly understand where they're at. I mean, being able to feel like someone sees you, that someone can, you know, that you can relate to someone also brings up this different tie. And I, I think it makes, yes, the personality, if you can combine these two, yes, personality is fun, like who you are. But if you can combine that with truly like understanding where someone is at, and then you back it up with your points of view that are different, while you also show that you know what you're doing, like you become unstoppable and the expert in your marketplace. There's so much I want to unpack here. First of all, at a very basic level, the pace uh, for a framework that you're talking about makes a ton of sense. 
And we're talking about weaving four things in. This is hard to do if content isn't your playground, if content feels like just this extra thing. This is why you hire somebody like Brenna to learn you and learn your voice and get the specifics and do this for you. So that, like, it's super generous to have this framework from you. And if you're, if you're listening to this and you're struggling and you're like, shit, I understand (laughs) this, but I can't put it into play. We know, we know that this is hard and that's why we offer services, right? So I just want anybody listening who's feeling like, okay, I should be able to do this. Well, I'm not going to shit all over you and say, yeah, you should be able to do this. That's why you would hire somebody like Brenna. So I just want to say that out loud. It's, it's very nuanced what you do. Yeah. It's not, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, it's easy to be like personality in this, but like, how do you like, you know, how do you combine, Yeah, how do you, how do you combine these things on top of, and I don't want it to be complicated where it's like, you can't get this done, but there is a moment where it's like, okay, how can, and this takes practice, which is once again, why we're putting out content, right? This is all about practicing, seeing what works, but also weaving this into those like objections and you miss that you have to yeah, so it, it, it's a little bit, and that's part of the reason why I'm doing my small group program where I'm going to teach people this process because this isn't something that is like, oh, I'm just going to like sit down one day and then write all of this like amazing content that hits all these different points. It takes a minute, but it is it is super doable once once you have a system. And that's, like I said, I'm not a systems person, but creating a system around this makes a huge difference in how you get this type of content out into the world. You know, and for the people, I work with people too, who are not systems people. They're super creative. They want to be spontaneous. And I always ask them, how is that working for you? Because it's generally not working. So even spontaneous, creative, maverick, rebel people can create systems that work for them. And you're a great example of somebody who's done that. So if you're out there saying like, I'm raging against having a system and I don't want to learn a system, I highly recommend you get into Brenna's program because you're going to learn the system and make it work for you. So those are two big things I want to say. I want to unpack one thing in terms of the credibility, like what have you done for me or what have you done for yourself? There's, I think, a belief out there that if your testimonials aren't like, I wrote this email sequence for people and she had a $102,000 launch, right? Or she quadrupled her email list. Or if you don't have those kinds of testimonials, because a lot of us don't, a lot of us have testimonials like, oh, my clients completely gained the confidence to get, get on video. Like, talking about more feelings or more like smaller shifts. I'm going to put smaller in air quotes because those are big shifts. Can you talk a little bit about that kind of the importance of the credibility beyond a 10K, 100K, you know, exponentially huge number to share? I absolutely love this question. And I'll be honest, more and more for myself, and even for a bit for my clients, I have actually stepped away from the numbers. And I'll tell you why. Because first of all, I think people, once again, I hit on this slightly earlier, which is when someone says, oh, I help so-and-so have a 10K month, right? They're thinking, oh, that's, that's fine. I'm sure you can do that, but there's no way I'm hitting a 10K month, right? There's, there's almost a disbelief. And I also think it's just become this noisy, everyone has numbers game that is actually been, I don't want to say overplayed because I don't think that's, that's what I mean. But I do think at some point we want to talk about, yes, the tangible things that have happened, but also the internal benefits of what happened. You know, there, 
there's one person in particular that I work with and she's not like, oh, I need you to come in and make me a million dollars. She's just like, I need you to come in and help me think. Like I can't, like I am making so many decisions every day in my business. I'm completely, I go from working with a client to try and writing my emails to trying to figure out this pre-launch process. I'm completely overwhelmed with everything that's going on. And you just coming in and helping me think and taking this off my plate, it's changed the way and it's actually giving me space to work on other things in my business. Okay. So when you listen to those things, I made so-and-so 10,000, or you hear about this like really emotional experience that she had where I came in and helped her and you pull. And for me too, I'll be honest, I am not looking for the person who's like, I want you to come in and make me, you know, $20,000 like for on this launch. Like I'm looking for the person who's like, I'm looking to have a successful launch, but I really need someone to come in and do those things that I just talked about, right? So more and more, even for my own business, I'm not looking out for the number seekers. And I think sometimes when we lead too heavily, one of my friends and I have talked about this, when we lead too heavily with these super results numbers thing, we actually may draw in people that aren't right for our business. And I'm not saying this is like for everyone, but I know for me, I need someone who needs both of those things, right? Like I'm a partner. I want to help you, but there are times where things don't go as planned, right? Like there's things I try and set tons of expectations. So what I'm saying here is that don't be intimidated. If you don't have these numbers, ask for, and if you're someone who's starting, like ask for people for People want to work with decent people. They want to work with people who aren't going to screw them over. They don't want to work with people who are going to be turning in things late. So those are the type of things a lot of times that people are looking for that go way beyond, I made someone this bulk of money. Yeah, I love that answer. Thanks for diving into that. So we've got your, we understand like why pre-launch is important. It's actually not just important. It's pretty vital in 2022 to develop a relationship. We understand like this is a long runway, we have your great pace framework. Is there anything else that the audience needs to know about pre-launching that we didn't cover yet? Gosh, I think we cut, we, we talked about so much. I feel like we, <laughs> we like did bring the shit out of pre-launching, didn't we? <laughs> right, right. And I, and I think too, since people listen, I just think it goes back to what we talked about earlier, which is like, if you're going to create content, like why not create content that's really specific? And that's really what it comes down to is like, okay, how can we get more specific and get people excited, start conversations in these few weeks before? Because what ends up happening too is like, not only does it warn your people and let them know, I, I'm going to be selling this or, you know, do you want a spot now? Like selling early bird. But what it also does too, is that it really, what I w- really want to emphasize is when you don't go into a launch and you're like, crap, is anyone going to buy? Like when you understand where your people are at, you confident, you can be, feel so much more confident about everything that's going on when it does come time for a promotion. And that's the part that kind of helps with this whole stress thing is because you have had time to make sure that your messaging is on point. People are listening. You've asked questions. There's a lot of things that come up during pre-launch that go that actually speak to what our launch needs to say because of this time. So it's not only just a content producing time. To me, it's a little bit of like a research time too. So you can hone in on your messaging. Like make your content actually do a job that it, it's not just willy nilly. It's not just throwing spaghetti. It's actually answering their questions, building their confidence and giving them information at the same time. 
and giving you information, right? Because right. if you write about something and no one responds or people are asking questions or things aren't really, you go, oh, wait, I never thought about this. This is a great angle. There's so much. I know for me, the more I talk about my thing, the more that I'm putting things out there, like there's so much more that comes up that I'm able to use for my selling process. I'm telling you, I keep going back to that thing like, oh, once I get started with content, I don't want to have to keep going. So what they do instead is they never get started. So it's in their minds, it's better to never do it than to get started and stop doing it, which makes sense, right? Now I can start speaking to that problem and talking about particular strategies or or resolutions to that problem, but I would never have known that if I didn't talk to my people. So that's another great, like if you have not talked to your people yet, that's where people need to get started. 100%. And I think too, the other thing that happens a lot is like they think, oh, I have so much coming up for this launch. I got to do a landing page, launch emails, webinar, whatever it is that they they completely like ignore that period beforehand. And so I'm telling you, if you just put out content, basically that like is like, I know I gave you like fancy formulas and stuff, but literally like if you just put out content that has some relevance to what you're going to sell, you're already probably like 80% ahead of the rest of the sales population. Rena, is there a way that people can connect with you? And I know that you have a gift for people to download too. Yes. So uh, you can find me on Instagram at Brenna McGowan Co. Or my website, BrennaMcGowan.co. But if you go to brennamcgowan.co backslash, or is it forward slash? I always get confused. Slash, uh, I'm just using slash now. Okay, slash cheat sheet. And I know you're going to throw this uh, hopefully in the show notes, but this is a cheat sheet where all of this type of content that we've talked about, where those three beliefs that we talked at the very beginning that you need to shift, I actually give you a very quick checklist of the type of content to create to help you start shifting those beliefs. Fantastic. And if you're not on Brenna's email list, I highly suggest that you get on there. She's fun. She's use, It's very useful content and it's very value-based. So uh, once you download that, you'll start to get regular emails from Brenna and I, you will thank me for having her on the podcast. And I want to say thank you, Brenna, for being on the podcast, especially I wish like the audience could know like all of the shit show that happened right before we started. So I'm appreciative that you are here as the audience and Brenna, I'm appreciative that you're here as my guest today. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.